0: Glad to have Nathan back and uh, serving together uh, again. It uh, may have seemed very quick to him, but it, uh, it always seems long to me whenever you're gone, and so uh, I'm glad that you're here. Turn, if you would please, to Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. We are uh, this morning covering the seventh day of the seven days of creation. Uh, next week, Pastor Nathan's going to pick up with the, the rest of chapter 2, uh, which is, uh, is really a closer look, particularly at the creation of mankind. And so uh, we're finishing up with this first creation narrative this morning. Uh, the, the subject is going to be the Sabbath. Even though the Sabbath, that word doesn't occur here in the text, the word rest does Uh, And the verb rest and the noun Sabbath are from the same Hebrew root. So the idea is here. We also have uh, the, the Ten Commandments in which the fourth commandment, to remember the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath, is rooted in the fact that God rested on the seventh day. And so we're gonna consider what it means for God to have rested and what that means for us in particular. What is this Sabbath? The author of Hebrews tells us that God is still resting. His seventh day has not ended. He continues in his rest and he invites us into that rest. And so these are the things we're going to consider today. There's a lot that can be said about the, uh, the Sabbath and I'm working really hard this morning to try not to say it all. Uh, We are, in our study of Hebrews in Sunday school, going to uh, pretty quickly come to the author of Hebrews' teaching on the Sabbath in chapters 3 and 4, and so we'll take plenty of time there to consider the doctrine of the Sabbath. But this morning, we're going to be focused on these three verses and what it is that we understand about uh, what God has done and is doing and will do and how it is that we're called into that. So let's pray and we'll read the text this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, As we gather together on this day that you have made to read your word and to consider your word, we acknowledge uh, that we do not uh, understand it perfectly, nor do we keep it perfectly. But we pray this morning, Father, that despite our weakness, despite our frailty, uh, you by your spirit would be at work in our hearts and minds that we would understand it. Uh, that more than simply understanding it, Father, that we would take it to heart, that in this, uh, this Sabbath teaching, we would come to a greater understanding of your love for us and how it is that you've expressed that love, of the promises that are held out to us even today. Father, we pray that you would do this in us, that we would uh, more gladly uh, pursue, reach out, take hold of the Sabbath blessings that belong to us, In Jesus Christ we pray that you would do all of this this morning for our good and your glory in Christ's name Amen hear the reading of God's Word Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3 thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this morning, three things we see in the text. The Sabbath is a blessing from God. The Sabbath is a blessing from God. The Sabbath is set apart by God. The Sabbath is set apart by God, and the Sabbath is a rest from our work. The Sabbath is a rest from our work. You see all of these things here in the text. Uh, Clearly, uh, this seventh day is not a day in which God continues to work, but a day in which he ceases to work. This rest of God is not the the rest that we often think of uh, that is the result of fatigue. If you don't stop, if you don't rest for a moment, you won't be able to go on. God, of course, could have continued creating indefinitely, but he was finished, he had come to the end of his work and he ceased from it and his his resting here is not only a ceasing from the work but an enjoyment of the work god ceases from this work that he has declared to be very good in order then to enjoy the work and so we see that he finished the work that he Finished twice, it says, finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from the work. And we see there then that he blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. And so, first of all, this morning, the Sabbath is a blessing from God. When Scripture says that God blessed the Sabbath, it means that he filled the day with his blessing. It means that he made the day to be a blessing. And so, how is the Sabbath a blessing? Well, first of all, what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath, uh, as it's defined in the moral law, the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment in particular, is a resting from our work in order to worship God and serve him. The Sabbath is an entire day in the law set apart for fellowship with God and with his people. And so how is that Sabbath day a blessing that God has given us? It's a blessing because it provides us with time dedicated to the worship of God. Uh, God knowing our weakness uh, knows that if He does not set aside time for us to gather together and to worship Him, then we will not do it, that it requires God in, in, by means of a positive command to give to us the time that we need in order to gather together and to worship Him. In the worship of God, our hearts are reoriented towards Him. Have you experienced this? Have you ever had a week where you managed to go all week long without reading your Bible, without praying to God, without honestly even thinking about God? you get to the end of that week you've accomplished who, who knows how much in your vocation in your household uh, among your family and yet you come to the end of that week and if you're honest you feel distant from god you you recognize if if you have the spirit of god dwelling in you you recognize that having gone an entire week without being together with his people without being in his word without being in prayer you, you feel distant in the same way that you, you would from any other member of the congregation that you've not seen or heard from or talked to all week long who knows what's happened in the lives of our brothers and sisters in the week that we've not been in touch. When we come together on this Sabbath day that God has given us, it's a blessing because it's time dedicated to the worship of God and in, in that it reorients our hearts toward him we come into this place and having been gone from god so to speak all week long our hearts are refreshed and we're reminded who god is and we're reminded that he's for us we're reminded of the law that he teaches us and how to live in holiness we're reminded of the promise of the holy spirit by whose power at work in us we are able to keep that law In the worship of God, we hear the promises of the gospel renewed to us, particularly in in difficult weeks with respect to temptation and sin. We get to the end of the week, and if you ever found yourself anticipating coming into worship, and your first thought isn't how wonderful it's going to be, your first thought is, it has not been a good week. I have not lived as I should. How can I go into the presence of God? How can I join myself together with his people on this Sabbath day, knowing who I have been this week and what I have done this week? I hope that in those moments you remember that God knows that you, that person, who you are, who you feel like with that burden of sin, that sense of guilt, that person is the one that God has called into his presence together with his people to worship him. And he he makes it possible not by pretending you're not that person, but by saying, I've done all that is necessary to remove that guilt from you. That may be who you feel like. That may be who your actions suggest you are. But in Christ, you are a new creation. And He calls us into His presence, and when we gather together, however much trepidation we may come with, however much we may be struggling to cling to the promises of the gospel and to believe the truth that God loves us, despite that sin, we come into this place, and by the grace of God, we hear those promises renewed to us. We hear the gospel again, and not merely from our own heart or our own mind, but from The Word of God, we hear these promises restored to us. In the worship of God, we are reminded that there is a future and a hope for the people of God. We may drag in here because of the past, but I pray that we, we leave here on a Sunday morning with our hearts lighter because we've been reminded of the promises of God that are for us the future that belongs to us in Christ and the hope that is ours as the people of God. It's a blessing to have this Sabbath day. Besides the worship of God on the Sabbath, we have time set apart to rest from our worldly employments. Uh, It's it's always interesting to me when uh, a secular... Uh, news outlet reports that some new scientific study has shown that people who are religious are healthier, by and large, on average, right? Uh, something about the stopping once a week to rest and to be uh, renewed and to be together with a, uh, a common people who believe in the promises of the gospel and to have those promises restored to us. There is, is actual physical emotional, spiritual benefit to taking the week apart from, or to taking the day apart from the week that we've had, apart from the six days of work that has been granted to us, to come in on this one day, having set all of those burdens down, and to rest from all of those things. It's a blessing. The Sabbath reminds us that God completes His work. This is another way that the Sabbath is a blessing to us. As often as we gather together, as often as we we rise up on a Sabbath, a Sunday morning, one of the things that we ought to be reminded about as we rise up, that this is the Sabbath day, is that it is the Sabbath day because God completed His work. God finishes what He starts. And in the same way that God rested from His work on this seventh day, Jesus Christ, having been raised from the dead, sat down at the right hand of the Father. He rested from the work of atonement that He had completely finished. This work that He had perfected. Christ has entered into His Sabbath rest. God always completes His work. The Sabbath is a weekly reminder that we don't trust in our own work, but in God who works in us and for us, and that our hope is in him. It's very easy throughout the week to lose track of, to lose sight of the fact that it is not our labors that save us. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ, that he is the one at work. And one of the tangible ways that, that he does this is when we come into this place on the Sabbath, when we rise up from our beds on the Sabbath, when we give the entire day to God, setting aside all of the work that we do throughout the week, one of the things that probably implicitly, if not explicitly, comes into our minds is, how can I possibly afford to give an entire day to not working? We feel this this tension, perhaps. It's gonna be different for different people depending on your personality, depending on the nature of your work. But it's not uncommon for Christians to struggle with setting aside an entire day and giving it to God to rest from the vocation to which we've been called in the world and the reason it's difficult is not that we love that work so much, it's that we're afraid that if we set it down for a day, we're gonna lose our place. We're going to fall behind. Work that needs to get done isn't going to get done. Part of what we're doing by faithfully setting that work down is trusting that God will provide. We're being reminded that he provides the other six days of the week too. But on this day, we are going to do this thing. We are going to set that work down and trust that he provides. The principle is clear in the Old Testament. It's clear in the Sabbath years that God commanded the Old Testament people to observe where they weren't allowed to plant and anything that came up by accident, right? Like on its own, without having been planted, maybe some leftovers from last year, you're not allowed to, to pick that. And God says, you, you will have so much food, not having planted, not having harvested, you will have so much food that you won't have place to store all of it. God says, set your work down let me work for you and show you this is how we know God works for us we stop working and in our rest we see God work the sabbath is a blessing for us the sabbath reminds us that even time is created by God and must serve him and he's given us both secular time and sacred time these six days to work and one day to rest and be in fellowship with him. The Sabbath prepares us for eternity. What we do imperfectly on the Sabbath day now anticipates what we will do perfectly in eternity, and it prepares us for it. The the work, if you will, that we do on the Sabbath is the work of worshiping God and enjoying him. And this is what we will do when we enter into that eternal Sabbath. There's a sense in which we enter into it now. Every seventh day we enter into this rest, this fellowship with God that will one day be ours for eternity. And we enter into it not merely symbolically, but truly. God is present with us in our worship and in this day of rest. The Sabbath is a blessing for us And as the author of Hebrews says in chapter 4, we ought to desire it. The Sabbath is a blessing. The text says here that God blessed the seventh day. Uh, He he made this day a blessing for us. It's a gift to us, his people. Uh, One that we often don't appreciate. The people of God throughout history have consistently failed to appreciate it. But it is a gift nonetheless and not a burden. If we see it as a burden rather than a gift, we probably need to reevaluate our understanding of it. We probably need to begin focusing on how it's a blessing. We, we probably need to be asking, if it feels like a burden, is it because there's something else I'd rather be doing? And is that something else an idol to me? It's a blessing to us that we ought to take hold of. Second, this morning, the Sabbath is set apart by God. This is what the word holy means. It means set apart. It says in verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He set this day apart and commanded us to set it apart. That is, to spend this day differently than we spend the others. The importance of this day above all others is highlighted in the text by the fact that the, the day, numbered the seventh, is three times mentioned. It's not a mistake. Uh, in, in the Old Testament literature, to have things repeated was important. It gave it emphasis to have it repeated three times was to suggest its ultimate importance. And here, we're told in verse two, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Would have been far more efficient to just use pronouns there, wouldn't it? But in the Hebrew text, three times, we are told the seventh day. This day, above all other days, is the most important day. It is set apart by God. In setting it apart, God makes it His day. We have to ask the question, why did He set it apart? Why did He make it different? To what end? For what purpose? The other six days belong to us. God has said, take these days. These are the six days in which you are to get all of your work done. But the seventh day belongs to me. And we give this seventh day to God as an offering And so how are we to spend this day? We're to rest from our worldly employments. We're to spend the day in the worship of God and in works of necessity and mercy. You see, the whole day is to be given over to the worship and service of God, fellowship with His people. When we do these things, we enter into the blessings that we talked about in the first point. We also keep God's command to set this day apart. This is how we observe the day as holy. We set it apart and we take all the things that we do the other six days of the week and we set them down in order to be together with one another in the presence of God, fellowshipping with God and therefore with one another. We, like God before us, cease from our work in order to enjoy God and to enjoy His work. Remember, God didn't just stop working. He stopped working in order to enjoy the creation that he had made, and we are called to enter into that same rest, that same ceasing from our work. In short, God has set apart this one day in seven to be with us and we with him. God has set this day apart. He's made it holy in order to fellowship with us. He has set it apart for fellowship with us. What an expression of God's love for us. The Sabbath is not a man-made idea. Uh, The Sabbath isn't something that's optional in the faith that we decide whether or not we will set it apart, but God has instructed us to set it apart. He has made the day holy. And to what end? Ultimately, to this end, that he would be in fellowship with us, that we would be together with him. That's what this day is about. This is the most important truth of the gospel if if you're struggling with the gospel if you were asked the question what is the gospel and you struggle to answer that question i want you to understand uh, the, the the most central idea in the gospel and that is that adam and eve had relationship with god they had fellowship with god he was their god and they were his people and and life itself was theirs because They were in fellowship with God. Their sin, their rebellion, broke that relationship. It severed it. That's why the threat of disobedience, the threat was death. Not because God is a vengeful God, but because the result of breaking fellowship with God is to break fellowship with the the very source of their life. And this is the gospel, this is the good news. God is reestablishing that life-giving fellowship. God, in Jesus Christ, has removed the offense that stands between us. He's suffered the penalty of justice that the law demands, so that God is both just and the justifier, Scripture says. This is the good news of the gospel fellowship with god is restored and now you say okay that sounds beautiful but what does it mean how do i practically enter into that fellowship with god and the answer there's a lot of ways to answer we do a whole sunday school series on all of the ways you enter into fellowship with god but listen That fellowship that we enter into with God, it flows out of uh, of a central place and time, and that is to be in the presence of God on the Sabbath, worshiping him and hearing from his word. This is fellowship with God in a very peculiar way, in a very particular way. How do we enter into the fellowship that has been restored to us by Jesus Christ? For those who are believing in him and repenting of our sins, those of us who belong to him, and he to us, the Sabbath is where that begins. This is is the most tangible experience of the restoration of fellowship that we get week in and week out until Christ comes again. Can you experience that fellowship outside of, of a Sunday morning? Absolutely you can. Absolutely. No question. But it's not an either or, it's a both and, it's a this, therefore, that, because we are gathered together, because you hear the gospel proclaimed, because you are believing this gospel, repenting of your sins, because you are in Christ and the Spirit lives in you, because you have this fellowship on a Sabbath, on a Sunday morning, therefore, you have fellowship with God throughout the week. This is why God set the day apart. This is why God made this day holy. God has entered into his rest, and he invites us to enter into that rest with him. This is the explicit teaching of the author of Hebrews. We, again, like God before us, cease from our work in order to enjoy God and enjoy his work. God has set this day apart. For fellowship with us that's the point of it that's the purpose of it we we come together on a Sunday morning not merely because God has commanded it and therefore righteous demands it we must gather together or we are at odds with God we are sinning against God we are refusing to keep his law those things are all true but they completely miss the point they completely miss the spirit of this Sabbath day God commands it because he knows pardon me we're just too ignorant too wicked and rebellious in our own hearts to do what's good for us and so like those of us whether you know this truth from the parent side of the equation or the child side of the equation parents have to say to children do this do not do that they don't know what's good for them and we have to tell them And we tell them because we love them and we know it's good for them. And that is how God has related to us in the fourth commandment. He knows what's good for us. And he wants fellowship with us. And so he invites us into that fellowship. He creates space. He says, this day right here is given to it. I'm setting it apart. I'm giving you a lot to do. You have a vocation in the world. You are on mission in the world. You are at war against the flesh and the devil. But but this one day, this one day, we're making space. And on this one day, you're going to give that day to me, and I'm going to give it back to you, and we are going to be together in fellowship. This is why God has set it apart, why he's made it holy. Finally, this morning, our third point, the Sabbath, is a rest from our work. This much is is explicit from the text, God rests. The author of Hebrews says God is still resting and God calls us into that rest. The fourth commandment is clear that we're going to rest from all of our work. The Sabbath is a rest from our work. Are you tired? Are you physically tired from the work required of you and the responsibilities that belong to you daily? Are you emotionally worn out from the pain and suffering you experience in this world and that others that you know and love are experiencing? Are you spiritually tired of pursuing holiness but falling short, constantly exposed to temptation, constantly putting the flesh to death by the power of the Spirit? Are you spiritually tired Do you find that there aren't enough hours in the day or days in the week to get everything done that needs to be done so that time with friends, time in God's word and prayer, time instructing your children in the faith are all crowded out because there's just so much to do and there's not enough time. Are you tired? God says, take this day, rest, rest in me. Have you ever known someone who uh, owned property in the country, the whole point of which is to have a nice place to rest, Uh, but you have to spend the entire time working when you're there? You finally get out there? My parents know exactly who I'm talking about, but it's not a unique experience. So much work to do. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to stop working and actually enjoy the property? Uh, It's the same way with the things we own sometimes. I I owned a a scooter for a while, a Vespa, uh, when we first moved to Nashville. Uh, And one of the things I learned, and if you have ever owned a motorcycle, you're going to remember this probably not fondly. Uh, One of the things I learned is motorcycles and mopeds spend as much time in the shop as they do on the road, right? You spend as much time working on them as you do enjoying them, and you find yourself thinking, it would be so nice to just be able to stop working on this and enjoy it. So many things in life are like this. We work so hard, but God has called us to stop, to enjoy the world that He has made and to enjoy Him. Some of us work so hard all the time on our relationship with God. We we want to please Him. We grieve our, our sin. We grieve even the fact that we're tempted by things that we shouldn't be tempted by. And God says, I want you to stop working for a day and just be with me. Just take this one day when your Christian faith is not a project To be in relationship with the God who made us and loves us and has purchased us. The Sabbath is a rest from our work. It's a rest from all of our work in order to glorify God and enjoy Him. Do you see how these things begin to converge? What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This is why we were created. But do we do it? No. Why? Because of the fall and sin. Will we one day do it? perfectly. Yes, we will. And in fact, indwelt by the Spirit, trusting in Christ, repenting of our sins, we are entering even now into that work of glorifying and enjoying Him, and we do it most tangibly on the Sabbath. Our first parents were invited to enter this rest in the garden by their obedience to God. When God rests on the seventh day, he is resting. Adam and Eve have not yet begun to rest. When by their obedience they are confirmed in righteousness, they will enter into that rest with God. But they didn't. By their disobedience, they lost any access to that rest that God is enjoying. But even though they disobeyed, God made a way in Jesus Christ, and still invites us into His rest. Listen to Christ from Matthew 11. I want you to hear this very well-known quote, but I want you to be—I want you to see it in a new way, uh, frankly, in the right way, because Christ is going to use the word rest here, and it's the very rest of God that He's talking about. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Rest. He's not just talking about generically rest. He's calling us into the the seventh day rest that God established. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Christ is saying, come to me and you will enter into the rest that I enjoy with the Father. Enter into this Sabbath rest. Revelation 14, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. The Bible is full when you stop and you you start paying attention to this idea that there's this overarching Sabbath that God has entered into since the seventh day that he enjoys and that he's inviting us into and that we will enter into perfectly for eternity, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. All of these references in scripture to this rest are talking about that very rest. And in fact, those who will not believe in Christ will have no such rest. Listen to Revelation 14, just three verses earlier. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever and they have no rest. Day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. The rest they aren't getting is not just a physical rest or an escape from their suffering, the wrath of God. The rest that they are missing is the Sabbath rest of God, which is held out to us in the gospel. The seventh day of creation, unlike the previous six, is not bounded by the formula, and there was evening and there was morning, the seventh day. It's almost as though the seventh day doesn't end. And for God, it doesn't. He entered into that rest and has continued in it. In Hebrews, we come to understand that it began on the seventh day, and indeed it does not end, and we are invited into that rest. We enter into it by faith in Jesus Christ, and when we do, we begin to enjoy it now. even though we know it's imperfect now. And we look forward to entering into that perfect Sabbath rest at the end of days. C.S. Lewis, in both the great divorce and the last battle in the Chronicles of Narnia, uses the image of a suspended sunrise. That is, the sun is always rising, but it, it never quite comes up. Not until the very end. All the hope, all the anticipation, all the expectation, its arrival is so near that we already live by the light of it. But we know it's not full daylight just yet. Any moment the sun will appear, and in the full light of day, we will join our Lord and our God to glorify and enjoy Him forever. It starts on the Sabbath day, every Sunday, brothers and sisters. This is the gift given to us by God. This is why he blessed it and set it apart. Let's pray.